0: happy friday you guys welcome to another episode of the birth lounge podcast another friday free talk just with me hanging out chatting about all things birth we made it to the end of the week thank god what are you grateful for today that's where i want to start this episode i haven't kind of chatted with you in the beginning of an episode in a few episodes so Let's check in friend, how are you? On a scale of like, I am amazing, loving life, rocking this to, I am a total hot mess express, literally don't even remember my name sometimes. Don't even ask me a single question. Where do you fall on that spectrum? And now, if you are anywhere below, you know, that lower 75%, I want you to think about one thing that you can do in the next 24 hours to help lift you up just a little bit. Not only to 100%, it does not have to look like a spa day. Probably is not going to look like a spa day. Thanks, COVID-19 but it really might look like asking your partner to take the children to a nearby park for two hours so that you can shower and nap. It really might look like 30 minutes of screen time so that you can take a shower and blow dry your hair and feel like a human. I love how every example of self-care is like taking a shower, which is a basic human need and like basically just what you have to do to live. And that's Hashtag self-care for mothers, for parents. Oh, Big deep breath, you guys. We made it to Friday. Evaluate where you are. Check in with yourself. And then find something that you can do in the next 24 hours. Truly, 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 I challenge you to do something for yourself. And if that means asking for help, then ask your partner for help. Ask your neighbor, ask your best friend, ask the mom friend on the street, ask your sister. Ask for help. It's okay. Ask for help. All right. Great message to go into the weekend with. And I'm going to leave you with a really good episode too going into this weekend. You know, one of my favorite things to talk about is pushing. Pushing. God, I love it. I love it so much because here is the thing, oh my God, and it is at when I am recording this. Yes, here's the thing about pushing you guys. Our bodies were meant to do it. And I wanna, I really wanna break this down to like such a basic level that, you know, it might seem a little outlandish, it's so basic, but at the end of the day, we're animals, And if we look at animals and birth, specifically, you know, mammals and and their birth experience, we're the only ones that actively intervene. We're the only ones that fear birth. We're the only ones that try to control birth. We're the only ones that you know, walk around these last few days. Heck, some people walk around their whole entire pregnancy scared to death, anxious as all get out. We're the only ones that do this. So personally, I grew up on a farm and I was always around animals. My aunt and uncle had a farm just down the street and my grandparents had a farm just a little bit further down the street than that. And with all that, I mean, you are talking like Ducks and goats and pigs and cows and horses and chickens and ponies. Like there are so many animals that were on the farm kind of throughout the years as I was growing up. There were three different farms, everybody had different animals. When we look at birth, oh gosh, dogs and cats, goodness, how many litters of puppies and kittens, you know, did I see growing up? They just they just kind of have their babies. When we think about humans pushing, what automatically comes to mind? Well, generally it is like, how am I gonna do this? Well, your body's designed to do it, that's how. And then generally it's like, oh my God, how long is it gonna take? Well, if we watch other animals, it doesn't take long because they just trust their bodies and they allow what's called the fetal ejection reflex, which humans have too, to push their baby out, right? They don't have things like epidurals. They don't have active management of labor. They don't have all this intervention. They let nature take its course. Now, thank God we have all those things for the very small percent of births that need it. But as humans, and especially as Americans, holy cow, emphasis on the Americans part, we intervene in almost every single birth. And look at our birth stats. They do not match up with the level of research that we have in our country. They do not match up with the level of resources that we have in our country. Monetary resources, knowledge resources, people resources, how many people come to our country to be doctors here? And you're telling me that we can't get it together enough to learn how to support women better in having birth? That is a load of baloney. Get out of here with that. It's total garbage and I won't buy it for a single second. And honestly, if you do, what are you doing? You do deserve a better birth than what the American hospital system typically gives you. And a lot of that is in pushing. So when we think about pushing too, we also, a lot of people are thinking like, okay, I got about two hours of pushing, but then you have those moms who are like, I push for four and five and six hours. What? That is so just not how the body is really designed to work. So let's dive into, so in the birth lounge, I teach about what I call my secret sauce to pushing. And it gives you an exact method of how to work with your body and use the movements in your body to bring your baby down and to push your baby out in less than an hour. It's going to increase your time just a little bit with an epidural, but it doesn't have to. There are definitely, definitely, definitely people who have had an epidural and push less than an hour. However, the chances of that happening is a little bit slimmer because of the the analgesic effect of the um, epidural. You know, it's gonna interrupt that, that natural birth process just a little bit. Any sort of narcotic is going to interrupt that just a little bit. Speaking of, I have a great episode on Nubane and the use of Nubane in birth. If you're interested in hearing that, you can check out episode 129. Um, It has a lot of really good information about not only Nubain, um, but also a few other drugs that are very similar and the impacts of narcotics kind of overall on birth. So it's, it's really interesting to, to see that, that research and it's all linked in the show notes as will all the, the research from today's episode. But today I actually wanted to talk about a specific piece in pushing. And this is when we tell birthing people to stop pushing when they're feeling the urge. Now, a lot of times we see people tell, you know, birthing people not to push if their baby is um, super high. And I have to tell you, I have definitely done this before, before I learned about this research. Um, I also have seen people say, don't push because the doctor's not in here yet. Or, you know, don't push because you're not in the right position. Um, the research I'm going to share with you today actually shows that you should not, not, stop pushing and that you should not tell birthing people to stop pushing there's also this idea out there that if you push too early that it could cause what's what uh, what we call a swollen cervix which means you know your cervix was dilating and then we went back in there and it seems to have closed up a little Um, and it seems to be swollen Um, We will need to distinguish whether this is actual swelling of the cervix or if you truly are closing up a little bit, if something maybe has triggered that fight or flight in your body, um, has reacted in a way that, you know, they think maybe you're not safe to have your baby, and so you have actually lost dilation. That's a really important conversation to have. Now, one of the things, gosh, that interferes so much with pushing is what we call directed pushing. And this is where the birthing person is directed on how to push. And oftentimes, this includes providers telling you to take a push like you're taking a big old poop. And, you know, unfortunately, that's really good advice. And it works for some people, but for a large majority of people, it does not work for. And here is why. Your anal muscles and your vaginal muscles are very different. They are different. That is crazy to think that two different canals in your body could be different. Well they are different and they are two separate canals. They are similar muscles um, but they are different canals and in order to push a baby out you don't need to be pushing with your butt muscles. Um, We actually want your butt muscles to be nice and loose um, and a lot of people when you say push like you're taking a poop they tense their whole body up. Now. The pro- another problem with directed pushing is, you know, it kind of tells that birthing person, we're the experts and not you. We want you to listen to us instead of listening to your body. And it interferes so much physically and psychologically and physiologically And it's really associated with longer push times, this idea of directed pushing, right? Well, one of the risks with really long push times is what we call hypoxia, and that's a lack of oxygen. This is associated with funky fetal heart tones. That makes sense. If your baby's not getting enough oxygen, then their fetal heart tones are likely to be a little wonky. Now this stresses mom out and so that stresses baby out and the birthing parent starts to push harder to get the baby out faster or providers are telling the birthing person to push harder to get your baby out faster and this causes your baby to become more hypoxic and in turn we've just caused a c-section when in reality It might be as simple as changing positions, telling that birth and parent to calm their body, to really relax, to give in to those contractions, take deep, long, slow, deep breaths to take that oxygen all the way down to their baby and to see if you can calm down the situation instead of ramping things up. This reminds me so much of when we go in for a prenatal visit or you're getting checked into the hospital because you're in labor and you find funky fetal heart tones and the provider's suggestion is to introduce Pitocin. This makes absolutely zero sense since funky fetal heart tones is honestly like the number one side effect of Pitocin is babies can't handle it because it's too much, it's unnatural, it's synthetic, it's lab made, it's man made, it's not a natural hormone. It's similar to oxytocin, but it ain't the same. And therefore your body is not going to process it, metabolize it, use it, get rid of it, react to it, respond to it the same way that your body is going to respond to your natural oxytocin. I'm not gonna get into Pitocin in this podcast, but they are similar situations, and I think you being an educated, informed consumer is kind of the key here in both situations, right? So let's talk about that swollen cervix that I brought up a little bit earlier, right? A lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 you can't push this early because you're not 10 centimeters dilated and, um, you know, or maybe you have a cervical lip or we just need to wait. Well, interestingly enough, a 2008 and a 2013 study found something called the EPU, and this is early pushing urge, and they found that it actually happens in 20 to 40% of births you guys that's huge that is one in four to almost one in two that is incredible that's a large number of people who are having babies that are going to experience this EPU this early pushing urge and most of them are going to be told wait don't push take deep breaths and breathe your baby down Try not to bear down, you know, try not to bear down on your baby. But I wanna play a situation out in, in kind of how, what this does to your body. Remember directed pushing, which this would fall under the category of directing a birthing person and how to react to their body instead of allowing them to do it themselves. Remember it interferes physically, physiologically, psycholog- uh, psychologically. And it's associated with longer push times. So let's say that you get this urge to push and you're told, wait, just breathe down your baby. Don't push yet. You're going to resist your body's instincts. And that is fighting nature. And that causes you more pain because you're going to be tense enough instead of relaxing because you're going to be trying to fight this natural urge to bear down with your body is telling you that you need to do. Now this more pain causes you to really react in a way that you're fearful because you know your body is telling you to do something, but you have somebody who you trust to keep you and your baby safe telling you not to do it. So this has the potential to stop your labor. Or it might be a place where you Decide that you want to change your birth plan when you were really on the path to achieving your birth goals. This more pain also might cause you to ask for pain medicine, whereas if we had just given in, you probably would not have. It's totally disrupted your natural fetal ejection reflex, and your body was doing it. Your body was literally asking you to bear down, to help it out. I challenge you to think, would your body lie to you? I do wanna dive into dilation a little bit too because I find it very, very interesting. A 2001 study showed that you don't actually dilate in a complete like even circle, which is typically what we're shown in childbirth education. They showed actually that you dilate in more of like an ellipse or an egg shaped. Like it's more of an oval. So not so much of a round circle, but you know, a little bit stretched out. And then one side is a bit thinner than the other. Probably not in, probably not only in dilation, but also in effacement. I didn't particularly see that in the article, but it makes sense you know, anatomically wise. Furthermore, a 2011 study showed that your baby's position matters so much when it comes to your dilation and the start of your labor and the way that your labor progresses. I also recently did an episode on this because this is crucial to the secret sauce to pushing Your baby's position matters so, so, so much, and I urge you to go and find episode 125 of the Birth Launch Podcast and listen to that. I give you tips on how you can get your baby in the right position so that you can have a shorter labor, a gentler labor, an easier labor, um, and hopefully so that your body can do a little bit of work kind of before you get into labor. Now, something that is interesting about this dilation pattern is that 41% of women with O P babies experience early pushing urges. So go back up because we have already talked about 20 to 40% of women in general, birthing people, I'm sorry, birthing people in general, are going to experience early pushing urges. And now we have on top of that, probably compounded, is an additional 41% of women with OP babies experience EPU. So if you are a birthing person that has an OP baby, it just means you have an additional chance of experiencing early pushing urges. And I I think it's super important for you to know, if someone tells you don't push to breathe your baby down, maybe you wanna ignore them. That is something definitely, definitely worth considering. I really, really urge you to consider why are we stopping nature? Like, WTF, if your body is doing this, and we're primarily talking about unmedicated labors, although with an epidural and medicated labors, if you're using nuvane, stadol, fentanyl, remafentanil, you're still going to have that fetal ejection reflex and you're still gonna have that urge to push, it just may be delayed and it may need to build a bit. Now the final thing I wanna talk about here is the safety of all of this. So what are the, the risks and the benefits? What do you need to know about it being safe if you were to experience this early pushing urge and you weren't 10 centimeters dilated yet? A 2013 study actually showed no cervical lacerations, third degree or higher tears, or postpartum hemorrhaging in birthing people who engaged in early pushing urges. This is pushing before you are 10 centimeters. There's also no evidence connecting a swollen cervix in the EPU. This is really, really important information to know as a birthing person, to have in your back pocket, to, to kind of keep in the, the front of your brain because so many people are told during labor to stop, wait, breathe deeply. You know, if your provider is saying that during the actual birth of your child, like while your body is actually expelling your baby's body, it could be for the reason of something like a nuchal cord. And so that would be very different. I'm strictly talking about actually pushing your baby through the vaginal canal. This EPU has been shown to increase the time, or I guess decrease the time, to make it shorter, to make your transition time shorter, it actually shows that bearing down with this EPU can help progress your labor faster. That's what I was trying to say, golly gee. The pressure of your baby's head moving down and descending with that pressure of you bearing down because your body is telling you with that EPU that it needs some help moving your baby down, we should let birthing people engage in that. We've got to stop telling birthing people to hold their baby, to breathe their baby down and to stop pushing for whatever reason. We've got to give control back to birthing people We've got to put the answers back in their hands. The paradigm is so strange with birthing people, always asking permission and asking their provider questions. Why aren't providers asking patients questions about what they want and their birth goals and how do they want to proceed with their birth and their baby? Fires me up it really does it fires me up it fires me up your body has something called the fetal ejection reflex and it is a magical part of your body that will push your baby out by itself without interference it's got a job to do and it will show up to do its job if we allow the space and the time for that to happen Alright guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me again today. Oh my goodness, I could talk about pushing for days and days and days and days and days. It is truly one of the places where you can take the most control during your birth. If you want to get your hands on the secret sauce to pushing, make sure that you're signed up for the wait list so that when doors open for the birth lounge in the at the end of the year, that you know about it. You're one of the first people to get your hands on it. It always opens for our uh, email list before it opens to the public. Everything does actually. Um, All of our, anything we launch, anything we launch at all, any PDFs, any new mini courses, any um, one-on-one services, any new moms groups, anything that we do will always launch to our email list before it launches to the public. So. If you want to get your name on the waitlist, just go to thebirthlounge.com backslash waitlist and you can uh, sign up there. I promise not to spam you. I literally am going to send you like one email a month so that I can just check in with you, see if there's anything that you need for me, and keep you updated on exactly when doors are um going live when when doors are gonna open because i'm not sure exactly when we're gonna do that we've been having so much fun with our current crew and oh my gosh i mean i can't wait for doors open but also i love when doors close because i just get to love on these people holy so so much and so deeply and yeah it is fun okay guys happy friday thank you so 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 much for hanging out with me today thanks for listening if you know of a pregnant person who can benefit from this episode please please pass this along we've got to stop interfering with the way that people have their babies and really hindering the process um and so That's what I'm all about here. And then if you get a chance, check out those other episodes that I talked about um, in this episode because they're super good. They're good information for you to know when you are having a baby. All right, Friday friends, I will see you on Tuesday for another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. Until then, take care. Just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by HeHe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.